better than this. I ah, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, Dre Harris, and Brentley Wiseman Surprise. from the Draft Network. And we are your host on this Draft Day edition of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Kyle, Merry Christmas. Yeah, this is uh, this is the day we wait all year long for. This is our Super Bowl. All 32 teams are invited to the party tonight. Uh, maybe not tonight, but all 32 teams are invited to the party this weekend. And uh, everybody's inevitably going to walk away feeling as though their team was a winner. I love this time of year for that reason. It's all-inclusive, right? Yeah, pop that top, baby. Let's go. <laughs> so we surprised you. We told you at the end of yesterday's show... Uh, and we appreciate your patience as we got it up a little later than, than normal, but we're obviously all here in person. But we wanted to take advantage of the fact that we have everybody here all in person and get Dre and Brentley on the pod with us to sit here and talk about something that we've talked quite a bit about in our uh, draft meetings. And when we sit down collectively as a group, we get on the Zoom meetings Monday through Fridays, and we talk about you know, the dynamics of each of our teams that were assigned the doomsday scenario. Like, what are the worst case scenarios for teams uh, based on the, the worst way the board can fall? And I don't know about you guys, but as I was putting my mock draft together, my final mock draft, I came across a couple of these in my draft order that I'm like, damn, I don't know what this team is going to do. So we'll start at the top of the draft order and work our way through. But first and foremost, Dre, we'll start with you. Thanks for joining us, man. How are you enjoying your week down here at uh, TDN Draft Headquarters? Great, man. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to be around the guys. And, uh, of course, uh, eagerly anticipating this draft. So, let's rock. Yes, sir. Bradley, how you doing, bro? Doing good. Fi- nice to finally meet you guys. It's been a long couple months on Zoom, but it's really nice to be here in person and experience the draft live with the team. I got a number for you. Okay. How many scouting meetings do you think we've had since we formed this scouting department? Do you know the number? I know the number. Oh, you looked it up. I, yeah, a little, little math. Whoa. Wouldn't be an episode of Draft Dudes without doing some math. I guarantee you it's wrong, but I'm not going to file the guess. Somebody else can get The question is, are you counting from the very start, or are you counting that the four of us have been together because he came on later? I can't. I can't. So, the, the whole group, including Jordan. So I'm going to say about... 68. Okay. I think closer to 150. 220. <laughs> 220. 220. Wow. And you guys haven't quit yet. God bless. <laughs> so let's talk some football. Yeah, let's do it. Doomsday. Brentley, Doomsday. what do you got? What stands out to you, Doomsday scenarios for this draft? Man, starting from we, what we do want to do, the early picks? Or yeah, early? Let's, let's start with the, like the first quarter of the first round or something like that. So Jacksonville cool. through Carolina, if you have any. Sure. I don't necessarily think there's any potential doomsday scenarios in the top eight. I'd be happy to hear what you guys think, but my first doomsday scenario is actually Dallas at 10. Okay. What do you got for Dallas? Hear me out. Yep. So what happens if Atlanta goes Panay Sewell? Right? Detroit goes with Sean Slater. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Tan and Horn go off 8-9. What does Dallas do? Mm. Both tackles are gone. Both corners are gone. Those are clearly Dallas' biggest needs, in my opinion. 
what do you do? Micah Parsons? I mean, what? what, what what's the move here? I would absolutely love to tackle this one. Uh, I think it's pretty uh, clear that they would go Parsons because with Sean Lee re- retiring, uh, I think it's a... Uh, I think it's the right move for them to go Parsons. Uh, I think they are in the market to upgrade the, their defense, uh, aiming at the uh, at one of the best defensive players in the draft and certain. I think uh, he's been mocked there a lot. So I think that the clear choice would uh, would definitely be them going Parsons here. I would say that if that scenario were to unfold, that means one or two of these big-time quarterbacks is also available at pick 10, and they will be in really good shape to trade back and – Maybe a team like Washington, Pittsburgh, Chicago makes that tumble up the board and uh, Dallas can really maximize that fall. So I, I guess for me, like, especially with Leighton Vander Esch's durability issues and the concerns around his neck, like, there will be some debate on what role within a linebacker room Micah Parsons is going to step into and play, but you have to feel as though he's athletic and versatile enough to develop into any of them. So... I would like the Micah Parsons selection there, especially because you're starting to get into the conversation of the teams that would have him on their short list, including the New York Giants right there at 11. So uh, I, I would like for Dallas, you know, obviously if you get a godfather offer to trade down from 10 from Chicago, who's desperate for a quarterback, yeah, you can have that conversation. But if you're stuck at 10, which I think in any doomsday scenario, you're stuck at your pick, right? So no more taking the easy way out, Mr. Marino. We're not doing it. No more trade backs. Uh, I, I, would, I would side with Micah Parsons. I think that uh, just to add to what Kyle said, I think it's an intriguing scenario. If they were to move back, say, to what, what 20, and they get more picks uh, in the second or third rounds and then, and then maybe add a Jamie Davis, um, which could give them – Another dynamic player at the line, uh, line pepper role for them. So I think that that's definitely an intriguing scenario, uh, too. So, yeah. Does anybody have a top eight doomsday scenario? Top eight. I might have one. Is it going to be the uh, – if – okay, go ahead. I'll let you no, spell it up here. No, I don't know if we're on the same I, I, predicted, I predictively was going to say that Kyle Pitts – Goes to Atlanta. Atlanta. Cincinnati picks Jamar Chase. And Miami sits there and for some reason wouldn't pick Jalen Waddle over Devonta Smith. Is that what you're thinking? No, I was looking more so at Detroit. And if Miami, because they just made this move of, of trading Eric Flowers, and if they were to take Penny Sewell at six, and you're the Detroit Lions, and you've seen Pitts, Chase, and then Sewell come off the board for you as a team who needs wide receiver help, right? So yeah. it's like you would have Waddle and Smith at your disposal to pick from, but do you feel good about that value at that point? And I understand, like, us collectively as our group is super high on Jalen Waddle, right? Like, our consensus ranking on Jalen Waddle is he's the, the top-rated wide receiver in this year's draft class, but as a team that's pushing the reset button, and going into a complete rebuild with all the assets they have moving forward, uh, they've, they've kind of lost all these potential blue chip opportunities for players to fall right into their lap by other teams drafting for need. Uh, you, you would have to take a, a wide receiver in the top 10 when you're trying to just set the tone of a new physical brand of football with Dan Campbell there atop the organization calling the shots as the head coach of this football team. So I just think that that Detroit maybe isn't like the most dire of doomsday scenarios, 
But that would be like a really bad break of the board for Detroit as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a scenario that we, that we could easily see go, go down tomorrow mm-hmm. night. And I do think if that situation were to be played out, I think Micah Parsons staying them in the face would make a ton of sense. You know, they lost Jared Davis in free agency. They bring over um, Aaron Glenn from New Orleans as a defensive coordinator, and they're trying to move to a 4-3 scheme, right? So they're going to need linebackers who can, cover, who can cover in space, and Micah Parsons can bring that. So I think for a doomsday you know, type of scenario, the Lions can come out of that pretty good. I just have a hard time thinking that Jalen Waddell, as the consolation of a doomsday, is really a doomsday. That's fair. Yeah, and I'm inclined to believe that Detroit loves Jalen Waddle. He's a super competitive guy. I think we can take some of the comments that Dan Campbell has made and, and think that it means you need big physical players. I don't know. I, I still think there's a place for a guy like Jalen Waddle on a team that wants to have a physical mindset. You know, I, I, in fact, I think you need to have a player like that, or otherwise you're going to really constipate your offense. Jalen Waddle will change the way defenses play you because of his speed and his ability to win at every level of the field. How much money is it going to cost for you guys to watch Jared Goff throw to Rashad Perriman, Tyrell Williams, and Khalif Ray? Oh, boy. That's Who, rough. Who's, who's paying money to watch that? What do you well, got in your wallet right now? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. They didn't pay me to watch that. And poor Dre sitting over here just shaking his head. He ain't interested in that at all. No, no. I think uh, I think you have to keep in mind that, that they did lose Marvin Jones and they uh, did lose Kenny Galladay as well. Um, so at some point here in the draft, they're going to have to address address the receiver position for sure. Okay, so that's two doomsdays down in the top ten, no less. Uh, we got the next. Let's call it five or six picks. You got the New York Giants at eleven, Philadelphia Eagles at twelve. Los Angeles Chargers at 13, Minnesota Vikings at 14, New England Patriots at 15, and the Arizona Cardinals at 16. So does anybody, I know we each kind of spent some time thinking ahead of this opportunity to sit down and talk about this together. Dre, do you have a doomsday scenario here with any of the teams involved in this juncture of picks? Yeah, um, a scenario that I think could be intriguing is the fact that the Patriots are certainly going to address uh, the quarterback position at some point. So could they potentially jump to seven uh, and draft maybe or hope that Trey Lance falls to them? Um, could they jump to Denver, uh, jump to, uh, to the nine spot and call it Denver? Um, but ultimately, I think that they are they are going to be in the market for a quarterback. And there are, of course, rumblings that they like Mills. So could they trade down, which they have been uh, been been inclined to do in years past, and maybe hope that Mills falls to them, or could, could potentially trade uh, trade for uh, Jimmy G. Um, so I think that they have some options there, but I do think that it is uh, it is it is pretty much a foregone conclusion that they'll be addressing the quarterback position at some point here um, in the first round. So I, I I guess to answer you, the New England uh, Patriots at fifteen would. Uh, what could they do um, is definitely a s- s- scenario to be talked about for sure. So I guess the doomsday here is if you get quarterbacks that happen to go in the first four picks. If Atlanta ultimately decides, no, you know what, we're here, we're going to take a quarterback, and then you're sitting behind teams like Detroit and Denver. Right. You know, And if they, they start to feel the heat of that scarcity at the quarterback position, it may scare them into trying to trade down and get value 
uh, a better value pick if Davis Mills is the direction that they wanted to go with a developmental quarterback. That's definitely you know, heartbreaking for New England, you know, who, who seems to have been aligning themselves. And I know that this is an offseason that's kind of gone against the trends of what the Patriots have been. Um, but moving up for a quarterback would just be the icing on the cake for an all-in aggressive full-court press, you know? Yeah, and I think that the thing is, too, is that they have options here. I mean, they could also hope that Jones falls to, uh, falls to them um, at 15. I mean, because uh, there are people that don't think that, uh, that Matt Jones will be the selection um, at three. So I think that at the very least they have options um, and something to be considered. So. Any other thoughts on Patriots? Yeah, I was just thinking, like, like you said, if the quarterbacks do go off the board in the first four picks, and by that I mean I do think – Jones needs to go at three for this doomsday situation to actually happen. And then I don't think Denver would take a Matt Jones, but I do think they would strongly consider Lance at number nine. Mm -hmm. If that happens, and then let's just say Parsons goes to Detroit at seven, Waddle goes to Miami at six, Sertan goes to Dallas at 10, Horn goes to the Eagles at 12, Devontae Smith to the Giants... Who do the Patriots target? All the receivers are gone. All the corners are gone. All the quarterbacks are gone. And Parsons is gone. When I was sitting here kind of typing this all out, a name that kind of came to me as the maybe a potential shock of the first round, Elijah Moore. Think about what they mm. added. Think about what they still need. A traditional slot receiver. A guy with speed to stretch the field. Just throwing it out there. That could be a shocking situation in a doomsday, you know, scenario where the Patriots say, hey, our board, this is how it is, and we're going to take Elijah Moore. Well, I love Elijah Moore. I know I'm, I think I'm the highest of the group here on Moore. And Let me so, find out real quick. I'll go yeah, dig that I'm up. Pretty, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I'm the highest on Elijah Moore, and I'm pretty proud of that. So um, I think that would be a great addition to you the are. New England Patriots. Yeah, you are. Um, I think 32 out of 32 teams could use a player just like Elijah Moore, who's super competitive, a good route runner, good ball skills, plays much bigger than his size. And I like that he would break the mold a little bit from the, you know, kind of more quicker than fast type slot receivers that they've had, you know, Julian Edelman and Wes Welker. This is a guy that has some legit juice. And as they transition out of what they've been and they try to, laid the foundation moving forward, I think I think he'd be wonderful. I mean, really, if you if you were targeting Devonta Smith and you wind up getting Elijah Moore instead, I don't think there's anything to be you know concerned about there. I think that's as, as good of a player. I think that certainly they'll they'll uh, it, he is a he is a very good player, um, but I do think it's a bit bit rich for him at 15. Um, so I do think that. Uh, when they can get comparable players like him in the second, third, fourth rounds, you still have to address the most important position on the field, which is the quarterback room, which is currently depleted and doesn't look very good. So um, I think while Moore is a great player, um, I think it is a bit rich for him. I do think they'd be inclined to address the quarterback room first and then get someone comparable in the second, third, or fourth round. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. 
no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all of the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25 advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted by over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL to start growing your savings today. Dre, there's something I want to bounce off you here because the Arizona Cardinals at pick number 16 – you know they'd love to get J.C. Horn. You know they'd love to get Patrick Sertain. But I don't think those guys are going to be there for them. And with the medical information about Caleb Farley, maybe they're not comfortable there. Maybe they're not that high on Greg Newsom as an option for them. For So for a team that you feel like is lasered in on a cornerback, there could be a path here where there's just no value. What are the pivot points for Arizona in what I think is a doomsday scenario that a corner they don't like is available to them? You know, I think a few things have come out here uh, within the last few days of of, of Kyler Murray having more of an influence uh, on the draft. Um, I think something came out uh, yesterday uh, on Yard Worker. So I think you have to consider that. And that being said, you have to look at the receiver position now um, as well um, because I think there have been teams that have had success in the National Football League who have had, like, like dominant offenses or dominant defenses. So I think that a wide receiver, if the the, the right wide receiver uh, fell down to them, could be in play. I also think that Elijah Vera Tucker here, guard, could be another um, player that's in play. But you're right, Joe. They they certainly need to address the cornerbacks. Um, they like those guys just mentioned. Um, but, but I think in terms of value, if they were to get Elijah Vera Tucker here, He's a player you could plug in, and he played for 10 years, and, and you'd forget about the, the position they guard. So, Kyler Murray throwing a touchdown pass to Devonta Smith. That's the pound-for-pound pound smallest touchdown pass ever in NFL history. I mean, maybe there's been a punter or something that's you know thrown one to a little guy, but, man, that would be something. Has there ever been a Heisman-winning quarterback oh. throwing to a Heisman-winning receiver? Oh, that, that would be one for Schubert if he was here. Schubert! <laughs> well, listen, here, here's the doomsday for Arizona, okay? The Dolphins pick Devontae Smith at six, okay? Mm-hmm. Then you have, let's say, the Denver Broncos. They t- traded for Teddy Bridgewater. Say they draft J.C. Horn, okay? Then the Dallas Cowboys, they draft Patrick Sertain the second. The Philadelphia Eagles draft Jalen Waddell. The New York Giants draft, uh, let, let's go Micah Parsons so we can start getting some linebackers off the board, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, and then either the Chargers or the Vikings draft Vera Tucker, and then the Patriots draft Zayvon Collins at 15. Who the hell is Arizona picking in this scenario? It's trading back. <laughs> it's trading back. I mean, I, I think they uh, can can uh, can continue to, 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 to be able to stockpile picks, trade back, and find some value maybe in the uh, in a in a in a in the later part of the first round. This is where doomsdays get fun because the early portions of the draft it's like man there's only so many different ways that things can go wrong. But you get about halfway through and start looking down from here and stuff can get real dicey real quick. Sure. 
And, and that, that Arizona example is a perfect scenario. Was any one of those a stretch of the imagination no. for a player to be picked? No, 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 no. And I think to add to that, I think that most of the teams who I've talked to, uh, they only have about 17 or 18 guys who are first round picks. And so if you get around 16, you could trade back and, and actually run the, the risk of not drafting a player who who is a first uh, who has a first round grade. I mean, so it's tricky, man. Uh, it's a weird year as far as uh, not having the type of information you've had in previous years. So it's definitely something to be considered. Let me let me just point this out. You said 17 to 18 first round grades. Yeah. TDN's got 18 first round grades. There you go. There you go. 33rd franchise, baby. That's right. All right. Who else has a doomsday scenario here on the back half? Let's open it up to the back half. You know, we got about 10 minutes left, so we can get a couple teams in here. I got one. And it's so – me and Trevor did a live mock draft um, on Monday morning. And this is actually a scenario that happened on the mock. And it's for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, The Titans, in my opinion, their two biggest needs are at cornerback and at receiver. So what happens in the scenario in which – Chase goes five to the Bengals. Sertan goes eight to the Panthers. Horn goes 10 to the Cowboys. Waddle, 12 to the Eagles. Devontae Smith, 13 to the Chargers. Newsom, 16 to the Cardinals. Pay to the Dolphins. Jalen Phillips, I skipped one, to the Raiders. Bateman to the Washington football team. And Caleb Farley to the Bears. So the top two edges are gone. Oh my god. The top four corners are gone. And the top four receivers are gone by pick 22. This is what I'd say about Tennessee is the thing about creating doomsday scenarios for them is they have another need in addition to what you said, and that's at right tackle. Mm. So I just don't know that we can get to the point where there won't be at least a tackle, a corner, a edge, or a receiver that they like. And I don't think that they would take a tight end, but that's another pretty big need for that football team. So it's kind of an under-discussed thing just how much Tennessee has lost. I mean, just two years away from being in the AFC Championship game, they've lost a lot. And um, they you can't go back to the AFC Championship game expecting to get there with Janoris Jenkins as your, your CB1. You know what I mean? Or, or just nobody at right tackle. And your Josh Reynolds, you're counting on to replace Corey Davis. I mean, they're, they're taking a big swing here. Yeah, so we, we did the body count on what they lost this offseason. And it was Arthur Smith, at offensive coordinator. Corey Davis at wide receiver. Uh, Isaiah Wilson, if you want to call it a loss. And Dennis Kelly at right tackle for that football team. Janu Smith at tight end. This is just on offense. Am I forgetting anybody? <laughs> Now, defensively, Jadavion Clowney, Daquan Jones, uh, they lost Adore Jackson. Jackson, they lost Kenny Vaccaro. Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler. Desmond King. Des- Desmond King. Yep. yep, they traded for I him. The they, I mean, they... <laughs> so just pick a... Try and pick a good player, right? Because, like, I'm going to be able to make it work somewhere. <laughs> the look on Dre Harris' face <laughs> right now. Man, like... I don't think that I knew uh, that they lost that much, man. I mean, but that is definitely a significant, uh, significant amount of players to, to, to lose uh, from a team that was actually very good uh, not too, too long ago. So. so, so if that if everything Brentley says, if Tevin Jenkins is on the board, yeah. oh, pick I'm, him. I'm picking that. I think he's the pick. Yeah, I think Joe makes a good point. Right tackle is a huge area of need. You know, Isaiah. Um, 
Isaiah Wilson, uh, is that his name? Yes. Yeah. Isaiah Forget Wilson, right? obviously didn't work out. He's already out of the league. And, uh, yeah. Three snaps. I heard Dre's a big fan of his, uh, his EP that dropped. <laughs> I heard his EP. I heard of it. I heard it. All I'm saying is, too, is like, we've seen Ryan Tannehill play well with a good supporting cast around him. What's it going to look like when the talent around him has diminished a bit. I mean, that's something to keep in mind. He's going to look a lot like the 2018 Miami <laughs> Dolphins. That's what it's going to look like. Another thing we didn't mention is they lost Arthur Smith. I top, I'm just saying, right off the top. The first. Is that the first Right off the top. I got so lost in the I'm like, jeez. <laughs> bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, pun intended. And you can track all the action at BetOnline. I was relying on a laugh there from somebody. Thanks, guys. <laughs> this week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown. Get all the news, odds, and info you need for all of your sporting events, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great new sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information that's available. And don't forget... You can head over to the website and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We got time for one more doomsday, gentlemen. Does anybody have one on their list? <sighs> See, these are the teams towards the bottom of the draft that our playoff teams had deep playoff runs. And so it's hard to really say that you know, something wouldn't go. You can't count on anything going your way. Right. You know, so they just need to get good football and get another good football player for their team. Um, Is there a doomsday scenario for a team picking a specific player? I know we've we've generally tackled this from the slant of is there going to be a scarcity for a team that has needs, but is there somebody taking a player that maybe has been rumored that we think would be a mistake that you could classify or quantify as a doomsday scenario? Joe, Travis Etienne to the Buffalo Bills, is that a doomsday scenario in your eyes as somebody who follows the team very close? I don't think Etienne's a doomsday scenario if they pick him at 30. If they feel like they have to get up in front of the Jets and Jaguars to get him, and now you've invested whatever it takes to get up to land Etienne, the two third-round picks that you've invested in Singletary and Moss – Plus the first-round pick that you're going to use to pick ETN. If you look at that over a three-year span and think that's what it took to get your running back room right, that is a doomsday scenario. But if you just sit there and pick him at 30, I think that's a lot more digestible. Is there a scarcity at corner scenario oh, that, that's a yes. doomsday scenario for this the Bills? Is, for the Bills, the Saints, maybe Green Bay, maybe Cleveland. I mean, they are all spots that can really use another cornerback. Let, let's, not, let's not sleep on Pittsburgh, the Jets, and the Titans as well as cornerback needy teams. We were talking about a cornerback getting to Arizona at 16, let alone down here. Yeah. So maybe this is good news for guys like Asante Samuel Jr. and Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes because these are cornerback needy team, and it's a passing league. you got to have guys that can match up with these receivers and um, – you might not get the guy you want, but again, it kind of goes back to that original point. You're picking this range. You can't sit there and hope that you get one specific player. Your options need to be open. It's going to do it for us here. Draft day, doomsday scenarios in the books. Kyle Krabs with Dre Harris, Brantley Weissman, and Joe Marino. 
the TDN scouting staff, Sands Jordan Reed, who's coming in uh, on Wednesday night as we sit here and record this and, and get fired up for our draft coverage. As a reminder, the Draft Network is putting on one hell of a show. We have everybody together all in full force to make sure we give you guys the best draft coverage that we can. You can view it at Brinks.tv or on the Draft Network social channels or the Locked On NFL YouTube channel as well. So lots of opportunities for you guys to check out our draft coverage all weekend long. Make sure you check it out. And thanks as always for watching. We'll talk to you again tomorrow after round one.